This edition of Steve Adubato Uncut, the podcast, has been made possible by Holy Name Medical Center, PSE&G, and Johnson & Johnson. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato. Welcome to a very, very special program. Um, it's simply called 25 for 25. You may ask, what does that mean? 25 what? Well, it's 25 awards, very special awards. The Rustberry Making a Difference Awards. Over 25 years, I've been honored to be a part of this extraordinary event where uh, people, unsung heroes, make a difference in the lives of others. It is my honor to introduce the president of the Russell Berry Foundation Board of Trustees, Angelica Berry. Angelica, how are you doing today? I have to think before I say fine. You know, this is a time, Steve, where no one could possibly be fine. You know, millions of people unemployed, lost their loved ones, and a lot of empty seats that are going to be at every, almost every holiday table. So fine doesn't cover it. Right. And to your point though, Angelica, we are taping this program at the end of 2020. It'll be seen for a long time throughout 2021. And, and when we talk about COVID and we talk about the impact that COVID has had on not-for-profit organizations. Many of the people you're gonna to meet today lead not-for-profit organizations. They've been devastated like, mil like millions of others because of the, can uh, the pandemic. But Angelica, help people understand what the Rustberry Awards for Making a Difference are, why they were started, and why this program is so special. We're about to introduce a young lady by the name of Frady Reese, who's doing extraordinary work. But let's set it up. What are the awards and why do they matter? My husband wanted to thank, in a tangible way, people who did something extraordinary. But these were ordinary people who didn't have the kind of PR machineries and um, a lot of resources. So the idea was to give the monetary awards as a way to reinforce a culture of giving and giving selflessly. And I think that it has been really successful for 25 years. And this is the purpose of celebrating what we've accomplished in 25 years. And, you know, Freddie, let's introduce Freddie Reese. Uh, Freddie Reese is the founder and executive director of an organization called Unchained at Last. I'm not even going to try to set this up. I'm going to ask you to watch it. Angelica and I will respond and react to it. And I have a feeling that you'll be reacting to it as well. And remember, as you watch these, the website of these not-for-profits will be up there. You can make a difference. You also can nominate someone to be a winner of the Rustberry Making a Difference Award, someone who's making a huge difference, a significant difference. And so without further ado, Angelica and I will be back <clears throat> right after you meet an extraordinary young woman. Her name is Freddie Reese. Unchained at Last is the only organization that is dedicated to ending forced and child marriage in the United States. And we do that through both direct services and advocacy. You have a very personal connection. Share, please. Yes, yeah, so I found that Unchained in my own traumatic experience. I myself am a forced marriage survivor, grew up in a very insular religious community where that's just how it works. Your parents marry you off whether you like it or not, to a stranger. And in my case, he turned out, this stranger turned out to be violent. And when I finally managed to escape after 15 years with my two daughters, my family and community shunned me. They consider me dead. So that's why I founded Unchained, because I know that there are others right here in the US who are dealing with the same nightmare that I escaped from. 
it's really shocking that in the United States there are uh, very few laws to address forced marriage, to acknowledge it, to prevent it, to punish it after it happens, or to punish the perpetrators. And in terms of child marriage, when we first started advocating for policy and legislative change in 2015 at Unchained at Last, child marriage was legal in all 50 states, every U.S. territory and district. And while marriage age laws are set, um, unfortunately, it's been pretty well established that those are set, that set by the state and not by the federal government. The federal government as well has laws in place that not only allow but even encourage child marriage. That's still true today. Winning the, the Roseberry Award was huge in so many different ways. And the first one just being that recognition. Most of what we do, you're talking about how most people don't even know this is happening. We're trying to solve a huge problem, a human rights abuse. The U.S. State Department calls marriage before 18 a human rights abuse and calls forced marriage a human rights abuse. And so much of what we do feels very much like we're yelling into the wind after four full years dedicated to pushing for policy change and legislative change to end child marriage. Only four U.S. states and two territories have actually listened to us. So just getting that recognition is wonderful because it reminds us of the importance of the work that we're doing. It reminds us that at least somebody appreciates it and that if we keep pushing, we can achieve even bigger change, and we can end child marriage in the United States. You and I have seen that video. I was there doing it. Why was it, why is it so important to recognize Frady and Unchained at last? It's unimaginable that something like human slavery still exists, and out of 50 states, no one's, we've only had two states, and I'm very proud that New Jersey's one of them. And I just want to say that She's fearless, you know, to, to get out of a marriage knowing you have no safety net, it's unimaginable. I don't think I'd have the courage. So when I put myself in her shoes, I say, we must listen. We must find people to advocate for child brides. Let's put this in perspective before we introduce our good friend Pino Rodriguez from down in Camden, New Jersey. Over the past, uh, since 1997, a total of 366 New Jerseyans, um, extraordinary New Jerseyans, have been recognized by the Rustbury Making a Difference Awards. $3.5 million in cash awards. Angelica, by the way, the website of the Berry Foundation will be up right there. Uh, you can see this throughout this program. If people want to nominate someone because they believe that person's making a significant difference, Angelica, how do they do it and why does that matter? You go on berryawards.ramapo.edu, and this is where you can nominate an unsung hero. And here's the thing about Angelica that I've known for many years as we work, we've worked together and I've hosted this event. And by the way, it has got to be, it is particularly in the time of COVID for me, not just as a broadcaster, but as a person to be renewed by being around people who care so much about others is an extraordinary thing, and that's the point of doing this. And so as you meet Pino Rodriguez, who's the founder and director of the Block Supporter Initiative in Camden, New Jersey, one of the poorest cities, not just in New Jersey, but in the United States of America. Angelica and I will talk a little bit about the impact in urban communities that the Berry Awards uh, continues to make, but let's take a look at Pino right now. Describe for folks what the initiative is and why you care so much about the city you love, and I see it on your hat. The I Love Canada hat. Tell folks all about it. Well, the Black Support Initiative was uh, born 
out of uh, waiting for positive things to happen as, as a result of the, um, uh, what, the 1972 uh, riots in Camden. I That's right. That was the year. Okay, we've been faced with uh, up to date 49 years of waiting for a positive difference to happen in these areas where we, you know, where, where people usually ride and burn out their own neighborhoods and things like that. So the Black Support Initiative got tired of waiting. We saw all these negative things and my children weren't able to stay home with me overnight, things like that. So I had to find a way to make, to, to address the problems so that we can, my children can come home and we can um, create a positive difference and create and change the culture of our residents. This was, it started by creating flower boxes and um, uh, working with the residents, a positive, direct, immediate impact right in front of their homes. So it creates pride, respect, responsibility with a long-term uh, accountability. We have to go out and vote. We have to make a difference. And if you come out your door and you don't like what you've been seeing for decades and, and decades, okay, then it starts right there. The, the, what we always see, Steve, and I just want to make this point, is that in mostly in urban cities, just like Camden, our children and, and, and our, our adults, our, our, our mothers and fathers, are looking for ways, and our children are looking for ways to make it, make it in life, right? And make right. it better for themselves. To what? This is what you hear, to come out of the city. To, to, to leave the city, okay? That is unacceptable. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we encourage them to make it. We all want our children to make it, but we need to encourage them to change the status quo in our own neighborhoods first. Wow. Um, I went down to Camden, and I should make it clear that we've had a longstanding collaboration with the Berry Foundation to feature not-for-profit organizations, to feature the winners of the Rustbury Making a Difference Awards. When you see Pino, what's your reaction? Why is he a hero? In this time of a pandemic, when you need to uplift your spirits, when your community needs that morale boost, you know, beauty has the power to transform neighborhoods. And it tells a story about who we are. And I think the pride that a community has in seeing something uplifting, something empowering, and a place where their kids can run around and feel like it's safe. It, it sends that signal that it's a safe neighborhood. It's not run down, it's not scary looking, and flowers can do that, gardens can do that. And he's really a hero for doing that, more so in this time when we really need it. Mm. Angelica, before we introduce Chief Mann, I wanna ask you this. One of the things that the Berry Foundation has done, <clears throat> other than f recognize these people, is also recognize the impact COVID has had. Let's deal with it. Um, I know we have a limited amount of time, but help us understand, why is the Berry Foundation so committed to leaders of not-for-profits who are suffering financially and otherwise because of COVID? Why is that a priority for the organization? Even more so, again, this year in a pandemic year and pandemic damage to come economically people losing their homes people going hungry this is a time you need heroes you know and everybody needs to be a hero no one person can do it alone and nonprofits are our safety net they lift everyone and having a network of nonprofits this is the investment we've made that is beginning to take fruit 25 years from now and 
thank God in this pandemic, there's really a lot of these winners. You know, it's, as Angelica says that, we introduce uh, Chief Vincent Mann from the Turtle Clan, um, Ramapo Lenape Nation. Extraordinary gentleman who I got to meet through the Berry Awards. The one thing I found is there's, there's, a, there's a sense of family around these 366, right? 366 winners of the awards. They get to meet each other, be around each other. And you're just seeing 25 in this series called 25 for 25. But again, as you see the website, I'm not going to turn this into a telethon. But the reality is the Berry Foundation, we need to recognize others. As hard as their staff works, as hard as we work to, to feature people, you know people in the community making a difference. Unsung heroes. So in that spirit, I'm going to introduce Chief Vincent Mann, who tells a powerful story about not just the Ramapo Lenape Nation, but a horrific environmental crisis that they are facing in addition to COVID that is making people sick in their community. Uh, the Ramapo Lenape Nation are the descendants from the original inhabitants of New Jersey, northern New Jersey, southern New York, western Connecticut, um, a bunch of speaking people. Uh, today we have about 5,000 enrolled tribal members. Um, and as we look forward to 2021, you know, the Turtle Clan itself is still struggling um, with residing in a federal Superfund site. You know, Chief, people hear Superfund site and causes a whole range of medical and health issues. A federal Superfund site um, was, uh, there was a law created called CERCLA, and that was to hold accountable um, those corporations who dumped toxic waste. And in our case, um, the Ford Motor Corporation uh, dumped toxic waste for uh, seven years on open ground and mine shafts um, with the approval and support of the town of Ringwood and as well as the state of New Jersey, you know, issuing a permit for a year for the, for the toxic waste to be disposed of there. This all sits um, above the Monocue Reservoir and is the recharge area for that, that actually feeds four to six million people. Hey Chief, has the site been cleaned up? Absolutely not. So it's gonna forever be a toxic waste dump um, our people, 48, 46 homes, about 300 or so people um, are actively still living there, actively still paying taxes on their homes that have no value, actively playing and hunting around the general area. And, you know, there seems to be, 56 years later, you would think that somebody somewhere would hear that call and come to bring that help to the people. The responsibility you have as chief as it relates to what we're talking about right now in this very serious uh, health, medical, environmental crisis. So my responsibility is an inherent responsibility as a chief to protect our families, protect our, our children, protect our elders, which fewer that are left to the environment in which we rely on. We rely on that for our cultural survival, right? Yeah. Our cultural way of life. And so the responsibility that falls upon me is the responsibility of, of literally protecting their lives. Angelica, Chief Man, 56 years later, this site not cleaned up. I don't even know if you know how your team found Chief Man, but when he spoke, when he was there at the awards and we were, when we could have been together and we will be again in the future, um, as opposed to remotely, what, what message did you take away from listening to him? Not just then, but now. 
you know, we're more aware of what happens to Native American sacred lands today than we ever were 45 years ago when this problem started here, right in our backyard in Ramapo, New Jersey. And I think that we understand now that so many Native American tribes have this environmental damage simply because they've been displaced by governments, they've been moved out of sacred lands, and now they face environmental damage to add insult to injury. You know, we have a lot of making up to do, and it, <laughs> it affects us ultimately because environmental damage trickles down to people in that in our own community, whether we're that part of that tribe or not. And you know, as you listen to Angelica and you see the website of the very foundation and you can nominate someone um, who you believe is making a difference and deserves to be recognized, and they don't do it for the attention. They don't do it for the money. They do it because they care. Don't take it from me. Go on our website at steveautobato.org and check out 25 for 25 and you will see 25 of 366 very award winners who are just extraordinary. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from Angelica. Watch them. Listen to them. Look at the work and the impact they're having. And in that spirit, I want to introduce an extraordinary young woman who we've gotten to know through the Berry Foundation, who one day is going to be recognized by a lot of others. She is uh, A. Dorian Murray Thomas. She's the head of an organization called She Wins. And um, wow. Oh, talk about overcoming personal tragedy. She took that tragedy of losing her father in a tragic, violent way to make a difference in the lives of other young women. A. Dorian Murray Thomas. When I created She Wins, I wanted to create a space for young women who shared my story with being affected by violence. Um, our goal at She Wins is to really create an ecosystem where young women, regardless of their story, zip code, or circumstance, are empowered to win. And so we have three core tenets, sisterhood, service, and self-actualization. Mm -hmm. um, and our goal is to really kind of create this, this space where young women in the city of Newark are able to use their stories to help catalyze change. Uh, and so when I think about the Rustberry family, right, which is committed to honoring leaders and, and change makers in the state of New Jersey, a lot of the work we do at She Wins is, is quite similar to that, but specifically working with young women in the city of Newark um, who've experienced some form of trauma, but are using those stories to overcome and actually create change in their communities. And so it was uh, it was an honor to, to not only get the award uh, and, and obviously have the type of support that it gave to our, our organization, but to bring my girls there. I had about six or eight of our girls who actually came with me on the day. That's right, because you were there and we, and we talked and you met some of them. And so it was such a beautiful experience to be a part of the Rustberry family. Yeah. You said when it comes to young people, um, they know what's going on. It's the bleeding, not the wound. Mm. What do you mean? And so when I say it's the bleeding, not the wound, right? A, a lot of the unrest, uh, a lot of the discontent is actually symptomatic of these deeper issues that have existed long before March of 2020, long before what we are calling the digital divide now, but frankly, has some been an issue for years, right, in terms of young people from different socioeconomic classes and statuses having access to internet um, and technology. What we're seeing is the bleeding from a wound that's been here for quite some time, and now we just have to reckon with the manifestations of it. So that's uh, a Dorian Murray Thomas. Watching her does not get old. Is that a fair assessment, Angelica Berry? 
In this time, Steve, I'm, I'm really struck by the fact that we have to think about African-American nonprofits in a very different way. We've always supported them colorblind, but in this George Floyd moment, you understand why it's so important to support nonprofits led by especially African-American women who really need a lot of empowerment. It creates equity, but it's also something that we, we have to have a special lens nowadays to think about how our nonprofit work benefits African-American communities by lifting them. And in that spirit, let's not forget that African-Americans and Hispanics are disproportionately negatively impacted by COVID. Yes, this will be seen in 2021. Yes, there's a vaccine. Yes, we hope and pray that things get in, go in the right direction, but it does not stop the pain, the suffering that people are experiencing, particularly in black and brown communities. Angelica, as we wrap up and we put the website up again, remind people why nominating someone who you really believe is making a difference is so important right now and the opportunity people have watching right now other than to just watch what we're doing for a half an hour. Go ahead. Every community has heroes. We just can't find them ourselves. And so we need everyone's help to identify who's been doing great work that you know about that we don't. And in this time when we need more heroes, we need your help to find them. And I, I'm inspired by the words of Greta Thunberg who said, no one is too small to make a difference. And in all communities, these kinds of efforts are largely unrecognized. And we want to shine a spotlight on all these heroes. As do we. And it has been our honor um, as broadcasters to feature these winners, representative of 366 winners over all these years since 1997. Angelica, I cannot thank you enough for being with us for this time. Angelica, you know, I'm about to introduce the last part of this show is a gentleman by the name of Reverend Stephen Rosell, a 1997 winner of the Rustbury Award for Making a Difference. That was the first year, right? I, I don't think it's, he's from the first batch. But he, he was early but, uh, on, I know Yes, that. 1997 was our first year, yes. Yeah, 1997, he's from, he was a winner of curbing, an organization called Curbing Hunger, and uh, that was, in fact, one of the earliest winners. Angelica Berry, thank you so much. Thanks to the Berry Foundation. And most of all, I'm going to remind you, as you see the website, one more time. Nominate someone who's making a difference. Nominate someone who cares about others, particularly in these most challenging and difficult times in the age of COVID, who you believe should be recognized. Um, I'm Steve Adubato. That's Angelica. This is Reverend Stephen Rosell.